Good morning. This is Power 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. My name is John Murtha, and I just want to welcome everybody that's tuned in this morning. So happy that you're, you're, you're listening to us this morning on this beautiful rainy autumn day. And I'm here in the station with our station engineer, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, John. And my assistant, David. David Abood. Good to have you, David. Good morning, John. Good to and be here. Two special guests here is Carolyn Rose and Mel... Um, Morgan Smith, and we're going to talk about an incredible ministry and project and outreach called Care for AIDS. This is the most, one of the most remarkable ministries that we've come across that are really helping hurting people, particularly in Kenya, and not just Kenya, but this, this is really catching on, and I think it's going to be worldwide. But we're going to talk a little about this this morning, and we hope that you might be able to call in if you have any questions or anything you want more information on. Our number here is 440 399 3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. And if you want to live stream us, that's www.wnzn.org. Wnzn.org. And so I want to open it up, uh, Carolyn and Morgan, thank you for taking time to stop by the station today. And I'm going to turn it to you first, Carolyn, and then to Morgan, and just give us a little background of, uh, of the ministry and this amazing uh, project. Uh, Care for AIDS. Uh, just fill us in a little bit, Carolyn, and welcome again, Morgan and Carolyn, to the show. Thank you for having us here this morning. Uh, it's a pleasure to to talk about Care for AIDS. Um, this was a, an organization that I just learned about mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. um, just back uh, back in December, I believe it was. I received an email from a, an acquaintance of mine. Um, asking if anybody wanted to go on an impact trip to, to Kenya for, uh, for Care for AIDS. And um, it was a point in my life where I just knew I wanted to go. I didn't know why. I suppose that was God telling me, you need to go to Kenya. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I went to Kenya and um, it was just an amazing experience of this, um, the program that Care for AIDS does for these people in, uh, in Kenya that are living with HIV and AIDS and um, it was it it was an impact trip it was had a, had a huge impact on me um, basically this uh, the organization um, partners with churches in the Kenya area mm -hmm. um, and the churches um, have the neighborhoods that they represent that where there's people with AIDS and HIV um, they are able to go to the program or go to the church, go through the program and learn how to take their medication, how to get healthy. Uh, they learn a new trade, a way for them to become self-sufficient. And um, we saw firsthand how these people's lives have completely turned around. And they went from being on their deathbed, deathbed to up on their feet, making a living, taking care of their children. Um, it was just, it's an amazing, amazing program. Thank you, Carol. Morgan, can you tell us a little about your background and how you got involved in the Care for AIDS ministry? Yeah, growing up, I had been involved with missions and going on mission trips to Mexico, and so it was a passion of mine um, growing up. Uh, when I came to Northeast Ohio, um, the church that I'm a part of Care for AIDS is one of their ministry partners. Mm -hmm. And so I'd heard the name Care for AIDS, 
I had heard that people had gone on a trip. Um, the trip had been promoted some um, in previous years, and so I recognized the name, um, but didn't really know a whole lot about it. Hadn't really gotten, dove into it any deeper than that. Um, until um, this past year, someone had asked um, if I knew any information about an upcoming trip. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't, um, but I said, hey, I'll uh, look into it, I'll figure out the information for you. And in inquiring about it for this person, I myself kind of got interested in <laughs> yeah. it. And, uh, and someone that I had known um, from church, <clears throat> I knew they had gone on it the year before. And so I met with Phil, sat down with him, and just heard about the ministry, heard about the model, um, and just heard about the transformation that's mm -hmm. happening uh, in Kenya through Care for AIDS, and, and was just drawn into that, mm -hmm. and decided to go on the, the trip, and just saw the amazing things that God is doing through Care for AIDS um, in Eastern Africa. Well, this is amazing. We hope to have the founder and director, Justin Miller, mm -hmm. uh, call in. He's actually living in, in, in headquartered out of Atlanta, and hopefully he's going to be calling in. But again, if you want to call in and you have questions either for Morgan or Carolyn, our number here again is 440-399-3044. David, any thoughts? I know you've done some research since you've yeah, heard about I mean, this ministry. Uh, it, it just looks like an amazing program. I mean, when you take a look at a case study of the model that you guys have put together for the program, and you know, you take a look at how you're using the, the church and the local communities with local people that you're training. You're training two counselors. You know, one for the health side and then one for the religious side. And you're, those people know the local area. So you're training them and they're with the families for almost a year. And you're teaching them, you know, you guys have a partnership uh, chart here where you talk about how you're bringing in food, medical aid, spiritual materials, financial education, vocational training, microfinance connections for the family. So instead of previously where the parent would leave the family and you know the kids are orphaned you are keeping the families together and you have seven touch points per month i'm not trying to tell you your program <laughs> but i was just amazed because yeah. when you look at a business model and you figure out how you can bring a brand into a new territory mm -hmm. you guys are doing guerrilla marketing to its extreme and guerrilla is not a bad term it's just, you know, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. And, and you're, but you're giving them all the tools so that they don't fall off the bandwagon the wrong way. And obviously, I haven't, you know, I'm sure the results are what they are. Uh, we'd like to talk about that, and maybe the founder can, but just a really impressive model. And then the cost, $300 for a nine or 10 month, um, you know, a, amount to support the family through the whole process, just unbelievable from what I could see. Can you, can you walk us through an example of, a fan, of an individual that has HIV AIDS and how, how they get this help and how it moves forward in that positive direction, either Morgan or Carolyn? Well, they, they enter the program um, and uh, they get evaluated. They, they um, are interviewed with their situation. Mm -hmm. um, their home life is also um, included in what um, the program reaches out to. Uh, they do, um, I believe it's weekly checks at the home to see the home environment, the, you know, how many kids are there, what's the situation, 
um, you know, what, what kind of needs do they have. Um, they do get the spiritual, um, spiritual advising and, and teaching. Many of the people have not, uh, don't know the Lord, mm -hmm. and so they, okay. um, they discover that, you know, God is a forgiving, giving, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. a giving Lord. Sure. Um, they go through health, um, mm -hmm. health uh, advising mm -hmm. as far as how to have a, a, a healthy diet, mm -hmm. um, how to take their medication. A lot of people either don't have medication mm -hmm. or they don't really know how to take it. Mm -hmm. um, they do learn some kind of a, um, a trade, whether it's making uh, jewelry or soap yeah, or carpentry or whatever. Yeah. And um, so they, it's, it's a whole long process mm -hmm. um, that takes them through the nine-month program. And uh, by the time they're done, they also have a peer group. So because there's 80 people per, um, per uh, site, I mm -hmm. guess, in the church. So they've got their own community now where they continue to have support. Because these people typically, you know, before, are shunned by the community because yeah. they're HIV, right. nobody will want right. to live with them or <clears throat> talk to them. Right. Um, so they've got their own group there and um, Care for AIDS helps to educate the whole, mm -hmm. the community as well. Mm -hmm. As Carolyn was saying, you know, it's, it's kind of like the modern day leprosy mm -hmm. right. in the mm -hmm. Bible that, you know, the question isn't, oh, if someone finds out that I'm HIV positive, Will they accept me or will I be rejected? They WNCN. will be rejected. Right. Yeah. WNCN? Oh, good morning. Good morning. This is Justin Miller. Oh. Good morning, Justin. This is John Murtha. How, hey, John. How are you? And welcome to the show. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. You're coming to us from Atlanta, right? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, well, I have two of your people here, Morgan Smith and Carolyn Rose, and they're speaking really well of Care for AIDS Ministry and Project and all that's going on in Kenya. So we're happy you took time to join us today. And Justin, just they gave us some background on their own life and their how they took these trips to Kenya and became aware of this tremendous yeah. ministry. Maybe you can uh, just introduce yourself, give us some background information, and we're going to start asking you some questions, if you don't mind. Oh, that'd be great. I'm sure Carolyn and Morgan could probably do as, as good a job as I could, but I'll <laughs> add some more uh, information. But yeah, so my uh, Atlanta is home for me. I grew up here. Uh, I went away to, to college in Nashville, Tennessee for four years, and I moved right back to Atlanta after that. Um, it was it was really about 11 years ago when the issue of HIV and AIDS really uh, even came on my radar at all. I was still in college and kind of pursuing a a path into the marketplace and it didn't really have kind of the, the social or, or ministry uh, calling on my radar and I got confronted with this issue at a conference I was attending actually I heard speak about this issue and it opened my eyes to it and I felt really challenged that I had a part to play in this and that kind of set me on uh, a path to uh, start this organization and has since been working in it for the past 10 years. But um, on a personal note, I live in Atlanta still. I'm married. Uh, my wife and I been married for eight years. We have a daughter who's three, and we are expecting our second child in the next couple weeks. So congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Justin, now, did you go to Kenya then after you went to that conference in, in was it Michigan? Did, 
I did, I did. I went to Kenya the following year, and it was really just a discovery uh, trip for me. It was to um, look and listen and learn, and the hope was to produce a documentary that we could then bring back and show to the American church, really. That was our desired audience to say, hey, this is a this is a big deal, and I know that it's something that we're not really familiar with here in the U.S., we're not confronted with on a daily basis, but we believe that these people are one of the most marginalized groups in the world, and we also believe that they're one of the most unreached people groups in the world, the gospel, because of their HIV status. And we need, as an American church, need to look really long and hard at what is our response to this issue. And that's kind of what sent me to Kenya. We produced a short film about this issue, but what we thought was just going to be a documentary project ended up, excuse me, obviously growing into something much bigger than that. You know, uh, for years I've uh, ministered in Southeast Asia and Thailand, and there, uh, when missionaries went in the 17th and 18th century, it was leprosy that was those that were really marginalized and shamed by society, and they were very responsive to the gospel, and we always say the 20th and 21st century leprosy is AIDS, and we noticed that when we ministered to the whole family, you would literally, almost like actually the apostles with the Philippian jailer or Cornelius, you see whole families come to Christ. And I like that what I see what's going on with Care for AIDS is very similar, that you guys are church-based both from the states, but also on the ground in Kenya, it's church to church, and it's reaching whole family. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the church and the family are, I mean, are two of the most important institutions that God, you know, part of the reason I got exposed to Bono in the first place was because of a conference at Willow Creek Community Church where Bill Hybels is the pastor. And he always says that the local church is the hope of the world. It is God's plan A and there is no plan B. And so when we started this whole organization, the idea that we could do this apart from the local church really wasn't even in our mindset at all. It's like, no, the local church needs to be the delivery system for these services, not only because of the fact that we believe that this is what the, the church is called to do, is to be um, a place where people can, can, can take refuge and can be restored, not just spiritually, but also physically and emotionally and economically, but also, I mean, what an amazing um, network of churches there are across Africa and how easy would it be to get services to the people who need it most as opposed to even clinics or hospitals or something where it's just the infrastructure is not as great, um, it's more expensive, and people might fear coming to a clinic because of their HIV status where they feel very welcome inside the church. And so to be able to, to do that and then to serve the family side of thing, which, which is always a little for some people why we serve parents with HIV um, and that may just not be a group that many people think about often but they are such important stakeholders in this equation and in our experience 10 years ago and still today they have been largely overlooked and people had kind of already turned their attention to how can we pick up the pieces of these broken families and just care for these children but we saw so much potential and hope in these parents that if we could provide the right timely interventions in their life, we could extend their life for another 25 years and allow that parent to raise their kids and educate their kids and um, be the spiritual example for their kids. And that's the, 
the thing that we really loved about working with the whole family as opposed to just the kids. I like that. Wanda, yeah. did you have a comment? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, there's just so much running through my mind, but I think that the question that stands out with me is with a vision that's so huge, uh, the Lord always gives us assignments uh, bigger than the resources that we have, and it, which forces us to lean on Him and trust Him all the way. But from day to day, I, how do you approach each need, each area, and find the resources to fulfill to keep this vision moving? Yeah, well, I think you're exactly right. I think God puts in these places, as you said, so we can lean on Him. I also think He does it so that He can, he can get all the glory, and I think it's mm -hmm. amazing that He chose a uh, 20, 20 year old and a couple uh, Kenyan guys who had no status or really position of influence in Kenya and he's allowed us to, to lead this organization and then clearly it's not by our doing but by his so mm -hmm. as far as you know the resources piece I mean you know every single day um, you know what what I see kind of my job is, is to to get up and to to take this vision that God has impressed on us and to the best of my ability just to go out and uh, finding the right channels to share this um, decision. So sometimes it's uh, reaching a broad audience like we're already sometimes mm -hmm. it's finding an individual person that I can get to go deep with and share the story with. But um, the truth is it's just we have responsibility in our work here in the U.S. to uh, to plant a lot of seeds, a lot of good seeds, mm -hmm. um, to try our best to, to kind of cultivate those, and then we have to trust that God is going to kind of bring a harvest from that um, to our work. And um, so, you know, obviously our approach to fundraising and part, finding the right partners is very strategic, but it's also very spiritual in the fact that we think God has, um, has for the past 10 years and will we'll continue to supply the resources that we need if we're faithful to um, to, to tell the story and, and cast the vision and, and really cultivate the relationships um, that he's put in front of us. So we, you know, he has uh, grown us tremendously the past 10 years, but we believe that in the next 10, we want to go from, we've served 10,000 families in the first 10 years, we want to serve another 90,000 in the next 10 years so that we can be at 100,000 families by the time we reach our 20th anniversary. And that is definitely a goal that um, we are not going to reach without um, his provision. Amen. Well, well, Justin, you've got a great team up here in Northeast Ohio. And Carolyn uh, or Morgan, would you give some information about the upcoming event and how people up here uh, can get involved? Yeah, there's a food packing event um, where we'll be packing 100,000 meals for these clients that are um, part of the program uh, with Care for AIDS. And so we're going to be packing 100,000 meals on November 18th. It's on Saturday, November 18th from noon until 3 p.m. And there's two one and a half hour shifts in that. And we need 600 volunteers uh, to help put that together, 300 in each shift. And um, so we'd encourage anyone to uh, go to Feeding Children Everywhere. Um, That's the site? Yeah, where okay. you sign up. Feeding um, Children Everywhere. To be a part of that serving event. Or you can also find it on bayprez.org. Slash events. Feeding children everywhere or Bay Prez, P R E S dot org for more information. 
Okay, David, you had a question you yeah. wanted to ask. Carolyn, did you have anything you wanted to ask? I was just going to say that, that these um, these meals will be shipped directly to Kenya wow. uh, just a few days after the, the event. Um, so every every bag of food that's packaged at this event will go straight to Kenya to deliver directly to the centers that are providing the program for these people. Mm -hmm. So um, so really, it, everybody who touches this program or this event is is helping mm -hmm. families in Kenya. That's so right. that's what's really cool. Fantastic, yeah. And I know our church, our, the men's group at Bay 2, uh, we got a bunch of guys that are going. I know my family's going to be there, but... Uh, you know, we're excited to do it too. First time we've done that. I know. I know you guys have had great success in the past, Justin. I wanted to talk about the business model and some of the numbers too. Uh, you know, again, I think the program is just unbelievable. How you've set it up, it truly is a case study. And when you take a look at the success you've had, I, I want to dive into that a little bit. Isn't there close to yeah. two million people in Kenya that have AIDS right now or living with AIDS? Mm. That's exactly right, yeah, just under $2 million. And, and so um, when you take a look at that and you look at what you're trying to do, how do you structure, what is your strategy? Um, I mean, do you pick certain a certain demographic in Kenya to start with these churches and to bring your counselors in, uh, in your program? How does it all work? And then what are the results that you've seen? You mentioned a very important number that you're able to give back close to 25 years to some of these parents to be with their family. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So we, we started our program 10 years ago really focusing on the urban slum areas of Kenya. That was the place where there was the greatest infection rate, but also the greatest density of people living with HIV and AIDS. And so we selected communities based on the need that was present there. And then we would go in and we would kind of scan the communities and, and look for churches that aligned with us um, in terms of mission, who we wanted to partner with, and we would link up with those churches. But then when we were in the community, our target demographic has always been those people that are unable to access the, the antiretroviral medication that they need, or maybe they are accessing the medication, but they haven't been adhering to it properly, so they haven't suppressed the virus in their system. Basically, the people that are the most physically vulnerable people, medically right. speaking, um, people that are bedridden or the disease has advanced very significantly in their body. And if our intervention is not there within the next six to 12 months, there's a high chance that this person would not uh, survive that season. So we've always prioritized that demographic. I would say in the next 10 years, as we expand, we are looking at what does this model look like in the rural communities. We do believe that there are almost kind of equal HIV burden in the rural communities. There's just a lot fewer people there and it's a lot harder to deliver care to those communities. But the stigma that someone faces in those places and their access to treatment is extremely high for stigma and low access to treatment. So we think that there may be a role for us to play in trying to do some of our work in these rural communities. Um, and it's your question about, you know, our impact over these years. You know, we have a ton of data about how much people's uh, CD4 count is increasing, how much more income they're earning, or how much more money they're saving, or how many businesses they're starting. 
So we have a ton of data that's just showing the transformation. Um, you know, at a high level, we have about 10,100 graduates of the program who have completed that to date. And that's through 48 centers that we have in now Kenya and Tanzania. Tanzania is a new place we opened about a year ago. We already have six centers there. And about half of the clients that we serve in, Mumbai, or in Dar es Salaam are uh, Muslim. Uh, these are men and women who have found uh, a place where they feel very welcomed um, to be open and to receive care uh, inside a local church. So it's been really cool to see um, how we've been able to reach across <clears throat> those uh, religious divides mm -hmm. and serve the Muslim community there. But of those 10,000 graduates, they represent about 32,000 children who would have been at very high risk of becoming orphans um, if not for the intervention of, of the Care Fairs program in a local church. And then for us, obviously, what's so important is that our clients, while you know they're not required to believe a certain thing or profess any certain faith, um, we have just made um, our personal faith and our counselors are there to talk about these important spiritual things with them and, and give them a um, the reason for the hope that we have. And 2,600 of our clients have made first-time decisions of faith um, through one of these local uh, programs. So. At the end of the day, that's a huge victory for us as well. Amen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin, I just want to give the information to our listeners. Um, careforaids.org is an excellent website. Uh, it's, it's just easy to navigate. It's highly informative, good content, how to do follow-up. So I want to encourage our listeners, careforaids.org. I had a question, Justin. How about the retroviral uh, uh, AIDS, that, that the medication that's coming in, we saw that being very effective in Southeast Asia. Have you seen the same? And is it really expensive or difficult to get? It's getting more affordable by, by the year. Um, there, you know, the challenge is, is that there, there is a declining amount of funding available for this issue of HIV and AIDS. Um, as the world is concerned, support for this issue is declining, but mm. the level of urgency that exists is not really that, you know, is not that less than it was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. We are seeing some great progress, but, you know, in Kenya alone, there's somewhere in the range of maybe 75 to 100,000 new infections every single year still, and somewhere in the range of 40 to 50,000 deaths that occur every year from HIV. And so, Yes, the medication is, is highly effective, assuming that people can get access to it, which right. Um, right now only about half the people that need medication are getting access to it. And, uh, and then as I said, many of those that may have access to it, they don't have proper nutrition or the proper education to know how to use that medication properly. Unfortunately, the results are, are greatly diminished and um, oftentimes have a negative effect on the body without those that proper nutrition. Justin, just uh, from, a, from a, having this platform, you're on the air and the world is listening. What is your, what is your greatest need? I want you, to, I want you to, to just speak it in the atmosphere. What is your greatest, <laughs> what is your greatest need? 
Um, wow, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, you know, I would, I would just say that our, our greatest need, as people ask me all the time, is it hard to find churches to partner with that want to join your, your cause in, in Kenya and in Africa, or is it hard to find people on the ground uh, to do this work? And, and the answer to both those questions is, is always no. Um, there's people that, there's churches, 10 years ago a church would not partner with us because they didn't want to associate with people who have HIV and AIDS. Today we can't, uh, we can't partner with churches fast enough. Um, mm. We have tons of national staff in Kenya. It takes me 130 full-time staff now, which those are individuals who get to earn a fair wage and, and, and live out their calling in doing this work. And there's so many people more that want to join our team in that way. The, the, the greatest bottleneck and the greatest limiting factor to scale is, is resources. It's, it's financial partnership. And, uh, and that's the, the thing that could allow us to do you know, another 50 of these locations. Uh, there's not much standing between us and that, except for people um, finding it in their, um, in their hearts to, to be partners with us financially. And so, you know, that's, uh, when you're trying to address an issue happening around the world, I mean, we obviously, we, we cover the prayers of those that will stand with us and lift up our work in prayer every single day. Um, but in order for us here in the U.S. to help in the best way possible with that, what's happening over in Kenya, it's helping to resource, um, resources work. So that, that's probably our biggest need. Uh, Justin, are you able to get non-Christian uh, funding like from the Gates Foundation or some others that are interested specifically in, the, in this kind of, this plight that, that, that's going on in this part of the world? We, not at that, that, that institutional level yet. Okay. We have many partners here in the U.S. Uh, on an individual level who partner with us because they understand the merits of our work mm-hmm. are a lot greater than just the, the spiritual component. Sure. But we are we are in conversation with some of those bigger foundations that, you know, this is it's one of those things where uh, they are uh, also kind of looking for uh, ways that we're trying to tackle this issue in, in new ways. So we've got some programs that are, are based within care phrase that are trying to address certain aspects of HIV <clears throat> that are, are more likely to resonate with these big uh, institutions uh, because they're looking for kind of a whatever that next breakthrough is. Mm-hmm. So right. that's kind of how we're trying. That's how we're kind of trying to uh, uh, to have those conversations. But uh, at this point, we've not got funding oh. from the group yet. Okay. You know, I mean, one of the biggest thing is just raising awareness. <clears throat> like mm-hmm. uh, with Morgan here and Carolyn uh, and the team that's up here in Northeast Ohio, all of a sudden. All of these people are aware of it, and they're mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon. They're going to go pack these food packets, but mm-hmm. then they're going to tell their churches, and mm-hmm. you know, um, God willing, for prayer and for financial support and even volunteers. I think yeah. I think it's going to increase. So mm-hmm. uh, we're behind you. You know, I mean, we're for you, and uh, any way we can Thank help you. and assist, uh, we're certainly there. Yes. You know, Justin, I was looking at some of the results you had on your site, and if you want to expand upon those, please do. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, are things getting better? Is it true the infection rate has fallen from 10.5% in 1996 to about 6 in recent years? And then the other item is how do you address mothers to child transmission? And it looks like uh, you're proud to say that 100% of the babies born to mothers in the Care for AIDS program have been born HIV negative. 100%? That's remarkable. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is remarkable. And, you know, and we, we try to track our, our uh, clients and their children once they graduate the program. You know, they're, the, the, what people don't oftentimes understand is that a lot of the transition from mother to child happens because of um, during the nursing process mm-hmm. for parents. Mm-hmm. So there is a, you know, we, we pray that all those children have remained HIV negative, but we haven't, um, our program lasts about nine months. So sometimes that uh, risk of infection can continue on until the child is 18 months or so. But yes, we're very proud that a lot of it is helping mothers understand that the importance of giving birth in a hospital, which is not something that you can take for granted. Um, a lot of people will still give a home birth in mm-hmm. Kenya, so helping them give birth in a proper environment, um, the, under the right treatment where the mother is given a lot of medication right before the birth to help suppress her viral load to the lowest possible level before she gives birth, and then treating the baby very quickly uh, after that to eliminate any an- antibodies that are remaining in the baby's body. Um, and then in training them in this nursing uh, process to make sure they understand how to uh, to manage that properly so they do not transmit the virus um, through the milk. Um, so that's, you know, we've been, we're very proud of that. And that's something that is not just true of Care for AIDS, but I would say all of the organizations working in this area have shown tremendous results in that regard. And then, um, I'm sorry, what was the other? The well, other yeah, I, I was looking at the reduction in infection rates uh, yeah, in Kenya yeah, over the past 10 years or so. Yeah. yeah, definitely in terms of new infections, Kenya has fallen from a peak that was much higher to where it is today. Uh, I alluded to about 75 to 100,000 new infections a year. The challenge is, as long as the number of new infections is approximately double that of the people that are passing away from HIV, that number of people in that difference there, that's the number of new people every year in Kenya that are now living with HIV and AIDS. Um, obviously there's some population growth as well. So that's why, one reason why the infection rate is, is declining, but the number of people living with HIV is increasing every year. And so the amount of services and medication and attention that's needed to serve that growing number of people living with HIV is what I think worries a lot of people because if medication became hard to access again, or it became more costly and people were not able to get access to medication, you run the risk that there would be a resurgence of HIV that would be proportional to what it was 10 years ago. So we are, uh, we're definitely not out of the woods on this yet, and that's why we are kind of calling to our partners in the faith community, our partners in government to say, hey, let's not forget about this issue, let's not grow weary in this work because we are making progress and we are moving toward the end of this, hopefully in the next uh, generation, but we need to really commit to this work in the near future. Justin, a quick question. Care for AIDS, you have five areas of transformation, physical, emotional, social, economic, and spiritual. David is an entrepreneur in the medical field. Can you explain the economic and how you help these people uh, get employment, skill set, you know, be, be just part of the holistic approach that you have. Uh, what are some of the ways you do that? What do you train them in? What do you What do you do? Micro loan, or do you teach businesses or skill set? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. And the, the economic piece is, is so important because uh, a lot of the changes someone might experience in our program 
um, could be lost um, if they didn't. If they don't have the economic means to support their family. So we really we really value this area. But it is a, it is one of our probably if not the most challenging area that we work in because Kenya is already 40 to 50 percent unemployed, and most people exist through kind of an informal economy. And in the slum communities where we work, that level of unemployment is even more pronounced than that. So we start with teaching our clients the basic kind of um, financial tools that they need to manage their money personally, but also the basic financial tools to, to kind of start a, a small business of some kind. And then we get into a number of different skills. We, we you mentioned the business skill training or um, vocational training. A lot of our clients, they could be employed, but because the kind of traditional employment routes are so limited, most of them are going to make a living by doing something of their own of their own doing. So we teach them skills like how to make soaps and how to make candles, how to make different types of fruit, food products like peanut butter or yogurt. Um, we teach them different types of uh, like uh, clothing like shoes or different types of accessories like bags and, and jewelry. And we, we've selected these products because they require very little capital to begin that kind of business. And clients are able to learn sometimes two or three or four different skills and become very proficient in them. So they can have uh, a few different uh, revenue streams in their, in their home. And, uh, and also, uh, these are products that are demanded there locally uh, in the local market. So, you know, there are models that would allow or would use organizations to kind of help use clients to create a product and then help provide them with a market in some other location. But because of the scale that we want to operate at, and we want to give clients as much of an equal opportunity as possible, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't, you know, take 10,000 clients and try to bring all their stuff to market. Um, that wasn't a uh, feasible strategy. So helping them identify locally demanded products is something that is really important to us. And so uh, after we kind of teach them how to make these different products and services, then we kind of layer on a, uh, another uh, course in marketing teaching them how to think about you know, their customer and who they're selling to and how much they're selling their products for and how they're packaging them. And that's just a training that most of these clients have never been exposed to. And then also they all go through kind of a business innovation course in the program because we might expose them to a dozen ideas, but helping them think out of the box mm -hmm. to identify gaps in the market and what are they seeing that are needs that people have around them and how can they provide something to kind of fill that gap? So, you know, it's it's kind of a very, very uh, about 18 classes that can help them have a good foundation to to start a business. And some of those clients will take those businesses and ultimately hire other clients to join them or bring other staff members. But a lot of the clients will just operate a kind of a, a subsistence business that will just provide uh, really for their family and uh, for many of them that's that's enough to provide the stability in their lives that they want to be able to educate their kids and, and continue supplying their family. <clears throat> Justin, uh, Carolyn just uh, held up one of the purses 
that uh, your team in Kenya made, uh, or, or one of the groups out there, it's absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. It has beads all over it, it different beautiful. colors. Made out it's of paper. Well made. Yeah, the, the beads are made out of paper. That's yeah. one of the, the skills that... Did the, they shellac it? Absolutely. I'm not sure how, how but it's... beautiful. It really is. How heavy that is. Yes. Wow. Just Justin, yeah, we got a market for you here. Yes, you do. I took a picture of it, of the purse. <laughs> We love purses here. You know, once again, I want our listenership, if you want to call in, uh, you have questions, 440-399-3044. But Wanda puts a lot of this material on Facebook, and so mm -hmm. that's where we really get a lot of our yeah. interested listenership. Mm -hmm. And we can put a, the picture that's here it. and I've the contact. Carolyn, would you give the information of the upcoming project and any way that Northeast Ohio, us up here, can be more involved mm -hmm. with Care for AIDS? Well, the, um, the project is, is um, uh, the hunger project. And again, this is where we will be packaging food mm -hmm. for the clients in, um, in Kenya. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest, uh, the biggest line item um, of the Care for AIDS program is providing the food. Mm -hmm. That is expensive. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when somebody goes through the program, they are able to take a supply of food home to their families mm -hmm. so that they um, they and their families can eat healthy, have a healthy diet. Um, so that's where where the importance of this project is to okay. to help provide all of this this food um, to the clients. Okay. And um, so again, on on uh, Saturday, November eighteenth, at Bay High School, we'll be packaging 100,000 meals. Okay. So, um, so that's... But you have to sign up beforehand. You, do, you must register. You okay. must register. This is not a walk-in kind of a thing. We need um, registration information. Absolutely. And, um, and going to feedingchildreneverywhere.com mm -hmm. um, is, a, is a way to get registered. And also, uh, let's see, was it the Bay Prez? Bayprez.org. .org. Bayprez.org. Okay, Why you'll you'll find the link. Uh, Justin, I have a quick question. Are you familiar with the, the sure. what happened in Uganda over the past twenty years with some of their successes with HIV/AIDS? Yes, I, I am familiar with it, and um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. I think it's interesting to me what has happened recently in Uganda. Uh, this isn't to diminish the great results they saw, but Uganda has actually become one of the um, most hard hardest hit countries in the region. Uh, in the last few years with HIV. Oh, it swung uh, back been, because it was it a model. Yeah, it became a model, what, 15, 20 years ago for the lower rates and uh, everything else because that took we took notice in Southeast Asia what was going on in Uganda. I, yeah, I like your take on that. I'm not a student of, of Uganda uh, yet. I think in the next few years we would actually like to go to Uganda. Um, the last number that I saw was maybe a year or two days, but Uganda was reporting about 140,000 new infections a year. Okay. Um, so a smaller, smaller country in population than Kenya, but but more infections. And uh, I'm sure that there are uh, many hypotheses about why that has become uh, such a big deal again. There's been such a Absolutely. resurgence there. But uh, it's hopefully, uh, you know, it, it has been a model. Yeah, uh, right. Good response, and hopefully uh, we can learn from uh, that as well. Like what uh, and prevent that from happening in other countries, like Kenya and Tanzania. Okay, thank you. Okay. Yes, uh, Justin, there's so much going through my head. Um, offline, I want to connect you with our CEO at the station along with John Murtha 
and uh, start banging out some of these ideas that we know that can uh, add stretch arms and legs to this thing. So offline. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we'd love that. Uh, Justin, now do you come to churches and present this program? I mean, how, how does that work? Just kind of give an overview, show a video. Do you do much traveling in the States promoting or just exposing people and giving them the uh, vision of what's all, all going on there? I do. I, we, I'm always, uh, I'm always open to, to share really with any audience that uh, would, is willing to, to, to hear it. Um, we do some churches, not a, not a ton of churches. We, you know, churches typically uh, like to kind of take somebody through their kind of partnership vetting process before they kind of give them their platform right. uh, to share. Uh, and so we are always engaging new churches with our mission and what we're trying to do and, um, and trying to bring more. I mean, really the original vision of this organization was kind of to link American churches to uh, East African churches in this. And, and we haven't uh, given up on that approach, but we do have a lot more individual partners now than we do church partners uh, linking into this work. Morgan, are you so familiar with more any other of the churches up in this area? I know Bay Pres, Avon Presbyterian. Are there any other churches that you're familiar with that are involved? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, I was just curious. Justin, uh, at the micro level, if a family's listening and wanted to figure out how they could support a family in Kenya, could you talk about, uh, you know, I know on your site you say there's for $300 you could support a family throughout the whole program. Could you talk a little bit about that so that if their listeners are interested in figuring out how they could help you, they could focus on what they could do for one family? Yeah, you're exactly right. The, 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 the program is basically $25 per month for mm -hmm. a family. That includes the process of, of identifying that family, bringing them into the program, serving them for nine months, and then, uh, and then following them after the program to ensure that they're continuing to, to thrive. And so, I mean, you can think about uh, you know, $25 a month for a year, that's $300. That's, that's the total cost for a family um, to be to go through this program, and an average family is is a parent, either a mother or a father, and three kids. So it's really about you know seventy five dollars per family member total to kind of be able to deliver this service to them, which I think is just you know just phenomenal. So we you know we'd love for you to partner with us at that level, and if you continue to support us on a monthly basis at twenty five dollars, that means every single year a new family is kind of receiving that uh, that benefit in the program and. And we have a, we have a bunch of generous supporters that have kind of underwritten all of our costs here in the U.S. to do this work. So, 100% of what uh, someone would give would go to the field. They would go to Kenya or Tanzania to, to continue to work there. Yeah. So that's it's a it's really uh, I think a really phenomenal impact for uh, very uh, oh, relatively yeah. small investment. So when you say go through the program, can you? Kind of explain that to us. What does that mean when they go through the program? What is what is the, involved in that process? Yeah, so it's a nine month process, but it, it really touches on those five areas of transformation that that we alluded to earlier: the physical, spiritual, emotional, economic, and social. And what that really looks like on a practical basis is that every month you get to have about seven or so interactions or touch points with our clients in the program. Um, two of those are in a one-on-one -on -one counseling setting. Uh, two of those are in a group counseling setting. So these are groups that are formed of about 10 
to 15 clients who will not only help to support and counsel each other in the program, but they will continue to be a support group uh, once the program is completed. And then two times a month, they come together for these, these economic um, training seminars that we just discussed. And then one time a month, our workers are going into the communities and visiting our clients in their homes. And the power of this whole business, and um, you know, you guys who went to Kenya can speak to this a little bit, because everyone that goes to Kenya gets to all these home visits. It's just, it's so powerful to uh, to go sit in these homes and just hear these clients tell their stories. But from a programmatic standpoint, it's really important because we get to go and evaluate how the clients are living and are they taking or maintaining a clean and hygienic uh, place to live? Are we get to interact with other family members that we might not get to see uh, at the church on a regular basis? 